Hello, Sobertown. Welcome to the Sobertown podcast. Let's jump on that sober train and ride right into the incredible, wonderful world of sobriety. Real quick, I want to mention SobertownPodcast.com. We have amazing resources there to help you fight cravings, to help anybody get on the sober journey. So boom, boom, boom. Go over there, get some tools. We also have Silvertown Facebook group, which is a, is almost 200 people now getting sober together. And then I definitely want to mention IAS. That's where I got sober in the beginning. This is where I met Viv, which is our amazing guest today. Hello, Viv. Hello, Drifter. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning. I kind of like woke you up like, let's go, let's go, huh? What what's so interesting is I one of the first things that I do because everything is ritual. We do things you know just out of ritual. And my morning ritual is as soon as I wake up, I look for the readings and I just post. I forward them and I post them to our Telegram groups. And then I go make myself that pot of coffee. So I'm like, <laughs> when you were like, all right, let's go. Th that's an indication to the everybody. Good morning. She's awake. <laughs> Well, I saw you share the the morning, the readings, the readings. Yeah, the morning readings. I saw that you shared that, and Liz does an amazing job at that. She's just it's, and Melissa came back. So the now they're switching. They're they're going one week one. This just happened just yesterday. Okay, that's good information. All these women groups, they get all these readings and the uh, different various Telegram groups. And it's different perspectives. It's different perspectives, which is, I mean, uh, labor of love that Polly started, initiated. And it's uh, based on the language of letting go, the book, language of letting go. So now we have, we had um, Polly that started it. Then Melissa came in and took over. And then uh, Melissa had to step back for a minute. And then Liz, came in and did the readings. So it's like different perspectives because that's how we grow. Just sharing our our viewpoints and maybe something that we had never even, you know, considered. And all of a sudden, now it's an epiphany in our brain. Oh, this is this is how I need to let go or this is how I need to think about things. So I think I'm very grateful to each and every one of the women that uh, and, you know, men that pull together and are just doing this as a group effort of a community, you know, connection beats addiction. There has never been anything more true, truer than that. And, you know, that kind of just segues into how we're going to be talking about, even with you, how you slowly got involved with one thing after another to where now everyone tell, tell them what you've just accomplished. So I just became a sober recovery coach. People ask me, well, what's a sober recovery coach? A sober recovery coach is something like, and I, this is the analogy that I get. When you go to the gym, you might know how to run, uh, run, or you might know how to lift weights, but someone that, that specializes in teaching you how to work out and uh, coaches you through it you're going to gain that time and muscles a lot faster and you're going to gain knowledge of your body a lot faster and what you're going through as you build muscle. 
same thing with the with the mind. The mind is a muscle. When we start flexing it, wanting to become sober, I did not want for myself. I did not want to make it public because I was in such denial that I even had a problem. I just thought that maybe I just needed some extra oomph to be able to quit quit drinking. At least temporarily, that's what I thought. I, I can moderate through this. And but anytime I tried to moderate on my own, I wasn't able to do this. I kept uh, relapsing. Now uh, they were called sober experiments, but there were actually relapses. And I, I came to a point and I hit my, you know, before I hit rock bottom, I was looking up of ways an, uh, that anonymously I could get somebody's expertise on how to get sober that had been through it. And in reading various people's story of, uh, it's kind of like life coaching as well. I read this woman's story and she kept blogging about her sober journey and how she was helping others recover from addiction, especially uh, her specialty was alcoholism. And at the time I thought that's what I need, but I'm not going to tell anybody because this isn't an extreme. I just, just like, like I said, I've used coaching in the past to work out at the gym. You know, people have hired that a uh, batting coach or uh, for the kids baseball. So why can't I hire a, a coach to do this to help me get sober? A sober coach. A sober coach. And she really helped me out through the journey. And so we're, we're going to talk about, we're just going to kind of give a, a little bit a background of how you've made this journey. Uh, we've, You've already, we have your story on Silvertown podcast, and then you've done some things with Julie and Steve rewired your sober coach. You've really uh, helped Silvertown a lot. Viv, why don't you just tell, tell us a little bit, you know, briefly about the beginning of this journey. So January 17th of 2021, I'm going to be 19 months sober this month. So I'm very proud and happy Boom, boom, boom. Huge congrats. Boom. <laughs> thank, you. thank you so much. So 18 uh, months ago, the journey didn't look like this. What the journey was, was basically, I, you heard about the sober coach. That's the first thing that I went to go do because I just, I went to AA and not, not to knock AA. I love AA for what it does and for, there's no, no straight line to get sober. Sobriety is an individual journey, and nobody knows that journey better than ourselves going through it. So we do what works for you, and from that, from the beginning, it, you just grow. So I had tried AA, and I couldn't identify myself with AA, so I, I just went once, and I stopped for five years, and continuously with each relapse, and now that we know with the science of the brain, each relapse makes things worse. So now I was, I had grief happen in our family. It was, uh, I didn't know how to mourn. I didn't know how to be there for my husband. And so the only thing coping mechanism that I had was alcohol because it had been my best friend since, you know, since I can remember it was with me in the good times and the bad times. And that was the only way that I knew how to comfort and soothe myself. As my dependency grew stronger, now I was basically blacking out every day. I started looking at a sober coach, but I didn't tell anybody. I didn't even tell my husband, really. 
because it was kind of a mention because every time I would ask him, well, do you think I have a problem? Do you think I, I have a problem with drinking? He would say, no, I don't think you have a problem, Viv, because we're at the top of our game in, in our business. You know, we're, we're, you've got it all together. But now, you know, it, now looking back, we all have it together. We're high functioning. When I first said that at one of the first Zoom meetings, I realized that I, uh, they were all high functioning. We, we, our thought, our, my thought process was shattered the moment that I realized that, you know, the, there are professors here, there are teachers, there are truck drivers, there are, we are come from all walks of life. You don't have to wait to be in jail, in prison to have a, a problem. I, and that's the big lie, I believe, that you don't have an issue until it's destroyed your life. But there, like you say, there are a lot of high functioning individuals out there. We there's doctors drinking hand Absolutely. sanitizer, right? Absolutely. Highly Absolutely. educated. Absolutely. And and so that was the reason I had destroyed um my husband's uh 40th birthday. And because we had gone to Cancun and it was an all-inclusive. And in an all-inclusive up on the wall. There was so much liquor to be had that for the attitude within me, it was just a green light to wake up as I was already doing. And just by the time he would wake up around noon, uh, you know, on our vacation, I was already gone. And I look back at the pictures on the vacation and I wasn't there. I'm in the pictures, but I don't even remember sitting or posing or eating or having it, it was somebody else running the body. It was pieces of me just being eaten away. It was no longer Viv in that body. It was the addict. So when I came to glimpses of realization of, you know, my mind saying this isn't right, that inner voice that we all have that says, you know what? This isn't right. This is not how you want to live your life. There's an always an inner guidance that we all have. Shame, guilt, remorse, all of that. All, right? of, all of it, all of it, all of it. it the anxiety. Like I, I would ask myself, who would rock themselves at 3 a.m. Because I'm so anxious and I just can't stand to be in my own skin. My mind would say, logically, this isn't normal. And so that's when I decided to hire the, the sober coach and I hired her and her first day was going to be um, on the 20th. My first interview with her, which the first time you interview uh, with any sober coach, it's free because you want to have this relationship with this person that you're going to get along with, that you're going to have, that you can feel comfortable with and that you're not going to feel embarrassed or shamed. So my husband, when we came back from that Cancun trip, which, you know, he didn't enjoy because he was taking care of somebody that was drunk all the time. He was babysitting. And so I came, we came back and he was like, I was, um, he, I could just t see the disappointment in his face. But again, this is someone that loves you so much that no matter how much you disappoint them, you've already grown into this codependent relationship that you think it's normal to feel disappointed. And so he, you know, in his disappointment, it was just part of our relationship. 
that Viv get, you know, Viv gets drunk. In my wanting to make it up to him, I came up with a great idea to go to Tijuana, Mexico, because I live in Los Angeles. I knew I had my sober coach the first, the first um, on the 20th. And I had, we had headed out to Tijuana. It was supposed to be a three day trip. I kept drinking. I couldn't stop. My intention was there to not drink. My intention was to show up and be there for, to re recreate his birthday and, you know, show I'm sorry. But the addiction in me, the, when I would start drink, I just couldn't stop. And there was just, it was so raw and up in my face that on the 17th, I told him, you know what, today's my last drink. And it was 8 p.m. And in Tijuana, Mexico, in, in, a, in a hotel room, we went back. My muscles, I, at this point, um, I was in, I was waking up in the morning and I was taking tequila shots to steady my hand. And at this point, it was in Cancun, it was every six hours I would go into sweat. And it was the body basically, you know, crying out for the alcohol. And now to the point that I had gotten to Tijuana, now even with the alcohol, the shakes weren't stopping. It wanted something stronger. I wasn't even getting drunk. I was just basically at fiending for it. And I I decided on the 17th that that was going to be my last drink at 8 p.m. And that's when back at the room, the only thing that I could do, honestly, was just cry. My muscles started contorting. I would move to the right. I would move to the left. And everything started just it was almost as if my body was just going into such a mode of dehydration. And I thought that uh, only, I, I say that only heroin addicts were to detox this way. I had no clue that alcohol could do this. I had none whatsoever. And that, you know, that to me was just, it, it, I, it wasn't a day of detox. This went on for days on end and my husband didn't know how much I was drinking because at this point in the addiction I had hit it so well you know he was waking up um and I was waking up earlier than him to get to the liquor store before he woke up so I could drink so my tolerance he had no clue who I was he had no clue who the addict was because that's not who I am who I am is authentic who I am in, a, in addiction is the person that wants to, it is, is basically selfish and isolates and hides and has shame and does all these things, but that is not who I am. So when he's seeing, you turn around and you see your spouse going through, sweating through the sheet and I couldn't stop it. And I'm going into the chills and I'm going into try to warm my body under the shower and then my body, uh, next minute I know my body is just basically going into a freezing mode. Uh, then I go into this hot, you know, hot shakes. And it's just I'm three days of this. He was like, you know, when are we going to go home? I couldn't even cross the border. I couldn't get in the car. I could barely make it to the bathroom walking without falling. And on top of this, I had shame for going through that, which I didn't even want to show him how bad it was that I was going through this. My heart palpitations were through the roof that I was just begging. Like I said, I, I'm not religious, but I am spiritual. And I
I was just begging whoever was up there. I was begging towards my ancestors. I was begging towards, you know, anything and everything that I could grasp on in any spiritual realm to give me life force to get out, to come out of this. Because I was like, I can't, I can't end up in a hotel in Tijuana dead. I don't want my children, my mom to have shamed my husband to say that this, she died. What were they, what were they, what, were, what accounts? Did she die of a heart attack? That's not how I wanted to go down. You know, I held on and I could feel death knocking at the door. Detoxing like you did, Viv, is very dangerous. And <laughs> I mean, you, you could have been right at death's door. Thank God that you you made it through that, horrible as it was. It was. And, you know, it, like I said, it wasn't a one day thing. It honestly, it went through three days of this. And when I look back at it and I can describe it the best way I can describe when I showed up to my sober coach uh on around the 20th i look like a cro the cross between um the exorcist and pulp fiction uma thurman when they put the adrenaline shot in her heart i <laughs> i looked like i have been drugged through the street got back and forth and it was just that was that that's the most eloquent description of myself even though I was going through this and my husband was seeing this, can you imagine what pain you're putting? I was putting um, him under that. He was just like, go ahead, babe, just take a drink. Basically don't suffer anymore. And it's just, you know, at that point it was out of love that you don't want to see your loved one suffer. And I was like, I don't want to ever go through this shit again. I refuse. Well, how many resets did you have before this? I mean, at least this five was, years worth. Right. I mean, this wasn't the first time that you attempted it. And it's, it sounds like you just bulldogged your way through your detox because you were sick of being the, the guilt, shame, the remorse, and everything that happens when we wake up, you know, the damage that we create. And you bulldogged your way through this. Yeah. Well, now knowing, now knowing what, why, the why, what happens is so the first time that you stop, and let's say you, I would try to do my sober experiments like a dry July or anything like that. And you stop for 30 days. So wherever you leave off in your drinking, if you're down at one bottle of wine a night and that's where I stopped. And then I went a month without drinking, which I never did. I did 27 days where it was my max on my own. So it takes wherever you left off plus the time that you're at the time, the time that you take off. So your mind wants to automatically regain all of that, uh, you know, right back to the point, plus the time that you were sober. So as I was going through this, all these resets, my resets were getting worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. And that's exactly what happened until it accumulated to Tijuana. If somebody would have told me that that was going to happen, I would say that would never happen to me. That would never happen to me. Why? Because it had never gotten that bad. I had never really, when I tried to stop it, it, I never went through detox. But then again, this is, it grows and it becomes worse each and every time. So it's not, a it's only a matter of time before 
it, I was going to get there to that point. Which is a good warning to anybody that is in the throes of alcohol, in the trenches, fighting to get sober. Be very careful on your detox. And if you have to, get go through a medical detox. Go somewhere Absolutely. where they can help you get through it. Absolutely. I think I always say knowledge is power because the more that we know about this and what alcohol can do to our bodies and our minds and that it can literally kill us. If I were to drink again now at 18 months sober, the thought process is take that detox where I left off of drinking plus the 18 months that I've been sober. And more than likely, I wouldn't I wouldn't die of, of detoxing if I had a relapse. I would die of alcohol poisoning. That's knowledge. Me knowing that about me keeps me sober. So my sober coach, when I first met her, I had to hit rock bottom and rock bottom is the place where the foundation can be laid. You know, I say breakdowns for breakthroughs and that's a very good saying because it is. So she was like, I can't be your only support. Viv. I mean, this was probably at the second session. First session, it was very much of compassion and love and congratulating me for actually going through this. And the section second set, session was you need a support group which I knew I knew I needed a support group so um she didn't guide me towards anyone she basically just said that you know find what works for you and I had looked at naltrexone and I had seen a YouTube about naltrexone and I went to naltrexone and I read that the IAS would have worked better I am sober app and then I thought to myself okay Go look and see what this I Am Sober app is about. So I didn't download. I went into Instagram and I hashtagged I Am Sober. And so I started seeing, you know, the blips of six months of sobriety. And, you know, all the little things that it has, like, um, it, you know, you don't have to win. The, you don't have to win it all. You just have to win the day. Like with their little things that they have, you know, to give you encouragement each and every day. And so I thought, and then I thought, okay, well, this is a counter. It, it'll count my days. I didn't know what I was, what I was actually downloading, which was life. I went into IAS. I downloaded it. So the, the way that they have it set up so beautiful, beautifully, because when you are on your day one or day zero, you are not there with someone that has 500 days or someone that has a thousand days because at your day zero it looks so monumental to even get through a day a week not you can't even think about a month so you thought ias was just a counter in the beginning did you That's you, it. you didn't know about that ias actually has a community i had no clue i had no clue i just knew that I didn't even know what it looked like when you don't, when you don't know what something looks like, you're just so oblivious. So when you saw it, when you noticed that it had a community, like one day you just touch community, what's that? And you saw this community. Was it like a huge, like, wow, this is so cool. What was so amazing was when I downloaded the app and I was on my day zero I saw 20,000 people with their day zeros and I was blown the fuck away. 20,000 people. And you do see that at certain, because it has, like you were saying, different milestones, day zero, one, 
there's a lot of milestones in the beginning as you get sober longer there's less but when you look around double digits it's easy to see 14,000 people at just getting double digits absolutely absolutely and you know and that was uh, so for motivation i would on the app i would forward because i was in the first week of your sobriety you're like how how is this going to make it better cuz i feel shitty right now and so i would forward to a year to two years and i would see these people just so happy and there was so much glow to their face and there was something that i had never seen and the way that they were writing about sobriety just gave me so much hope but let me say something about the people that, that were around day zero one two around oh, yeah. you right then they yeah. also let you know that you weren't alone absolutely it, you know what that was i mean and so the, it's hitting you in different ways of your brain you're one you're looking at the future because the addict mind wants the future trip what does the future look like we want to do that because we have done this all throughout the addiction to trip over the future to cause the relapse so i'm looking at the future to see that it's going to be better and i'm looking at around me who is struggling because am i the only one and as i'm seeing that i'm not the only one we're all going through this it's like it's a wave of together of beautiful uh consciousness of people that are trying to get sober and then slowly you start connecting because I didn't want to post on the app. I just wanted to be an observer. I was embarrassed. I didn't put my picture up. I didn't want anyone to know who I was. You know, our, our my limited beliefs were that I was the only one and that maybe somebody on her would know me. And I was so embarrassed at that fact. And now you to be able to be at 18 months and look at it now from a, an eagle's eye view of the whole app, I look at it and I'm like, these are people all over the world, 24 seven, that if I ever needed anyone to motivate me, that's where I would go in and post. So you started building relationships virtually around the world. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, it, and I can, you know, it, it, I, the other day I walked, I walked away from a conversation that I was having with someone in New Zealand and we're friends you know and um ascension goddess and oh, she's amazing and be roxy these are all people that Aaron eileen put this in so eloquently in one of the in in one of the conversations that we were having she was saying you know if i met some of these people in the supermarket i would have totally have had already a predisposition mindset that i was i had nothing in common with this person Yet I can be in this Zoom with you and with several other people and have the commonality of the struggle of alcohol. And that was just, ah, you know, it's so beautiful. Not that we're doing an IAS promo or nothing. That's where we met. That's where I got sober. It's where I, look, I was alone in my sobriety too. I did not know how to get sober and it was making the connections meeting people, building these virtual relationships. Who would know that you could build a virtual relationship and meet some of the most amazing people I've ever met in my life through IAS? So you started building all these connections in IAS. And then what happened next? 
Okay, so then um, as I'm posting, as I'm posting, because I had wouldn't jump on the the zooms because I was I was nervous, I was scared, but I was struggling, and people through my struggle would keep even though I wasn't jumping on zooms they maybe I jumped on once and they had seen me once and then they now they made a connection on a zoom so they were like oh all right let me I jumped on the zoom once they would write it down and now they were following me so one of the people that really 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 helped my sobriety out and and there's several but really was peanut the girl was relentless she would just you know she as my struggles were so much harder she was there to give me tasks and to ask me how I was doing. And, you know, and that my, as you know, as you, if, if you heard my former recovery story, I went through a lot in my marriage because in my marriage, I thought everything was okay. When I got sober, everything was not okay. Everything was in HD. And as I was healing, not only was I healing physically, I was healing myself in my relationships with myself. And I was healing the relationships that were not cool with me anymore. Because that was healing. I now, you know, I now was able to have perspective. My sober coach was walking me through this. I would go to her for the question that maybe people on IAS couldn't answer because they weren't fully equipped and they were within their own journey. And she, I could be blatantly bold and open and honest with her. And I joke about this, that I would be sitting in my closet because it was the only space where my husband Armin wouldn't listen to me or couldn't hear me. And I didn't have to share with other friends that didn't understand the struggle I was going through because nobody will understand what this is unless you are walking in our shoes. And then all of a sudden, uh, you drifter started well, asking for before and after pictures. <laughs> right. This, the the website built up a little bit and we have these before and after pictures. And yeah, that's how we met when you sent your before and after pictures. Yeah. I, you know, you, you put out there like uh, our, our paths crossed at the right time. I think I was at 10 months of sobriety and you said, Hey, um, anybody out there, you just put it out there. Anybody out there have any uh, before and afters? Here's the email. This is where we're going to email it to. So, so at month three, what um, happened was my sober coach just gave me so much. Um, I was feeling so much better now at 90 days. So my husband basically started supporting me and said, you know, Bib, I think you really have, you know, it's very inspiring to watch. And he was like, why don't you, why don't I help you open up an Instagram? And my Instagram was sober. I thrive. So when I got on the app, I was, what was it? Sober and alive. That's how my, my name was in the beginning. Then it was sober. I feel and heal. And then that mutated because you can change your name to sober. I thrive at month three. And that's how I opened up my Instagram. And I recovered out loud because I was like, there, there's more of us out there and I need to let everybody know and I need to recover out loud and my sober coach on my right side my group that was pushing me on my left side to move forward and then that's when I did all the before and after pictures I was posting them at every milestone that's just at 100 days right Viv? yeah that was right? my first one yeah okay because in the beginning 
let's I mean, let's look at this. You didn't even want to post on the app because you're ashamed. You no, don't want to put a picture up. So that's your day zero and stuff. So just within a hundred days, you grew that much where all of a sudden you you you're posting and it was right around a hundred days that you put those pictures up. Is that when that was? Yeah, I had a hundred days. I could tell the difference. And it was so huge. It was, you know what? We think it's weight, but now knowing it's inflammation in the body, my body was so inflamed. And I shared this with you before that because you were like, the, you know, we're working out. What were you doing? I don't know what we were talking about. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had a personal trainer while I, while I was still drinking and I was showing up drunk because I was trying to get sober and have some accountability. So I thought, okay, get a personal trainer. She lived in my building and I couldn't avoid her because she would live in my, in the building, in the apartment buildings where I was living at. And I thought if I call and tell her I can't make it because I'm sick. And then she sees me down the hallway. So these were all the mind, mind games that I was playing with myself. And you, you weren't really making a lot of headway when you were drinking and none, none, none. So let's get back to this bib at a hundred days. Your mind had changed so much. Uh, the shame, guilt, and remorse that used to have you locked down in your addiction was was leaving you. And all of a sudden, you're posting pictures. You're getting involved on Instagram. Boom. I mean, that's the transformations I've seen in so many people in uh, through the sober community is amazing. And that's only at 100 days, Viv. That's only at 100 days. And the honest, the, the truth was, so for example, I had so much shame, but there were words that I didn't know in this sober community. You start picking up different language. Okay. So one of the, 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 the language that I learned was the best apology to myself and to others is a changed behavior. And any time that that behavior was going to wanted to go down to drinking because the voices didn't stop. It was just a changed behavior that I wanted to, to have, to apologize, to not feel that embarrassment and that shame and that anxiety. Well, let's and talk about that feeling and stuff, because not only all of a sudden did you have all these major changes and you talk about this a little bit on one of the podcasts, but you hit the big thought, didn't you? Oh, I hit the big thought. Um, so the big thought hits different people a different way now, knowing neurologically what the reason that it hit me or it hit it hits most of us strong is because when you are drinking you want to celebrate you drink you are upset you drink it's the pacifier it is the pacifier for the adult and it, we, it, we suppress all of our feelings we don't deal with anything drinking we mute it so the big thought, the big thought is when all of this starts unthawing, all the emotions, feelings, everything starts unthawing. And wasn't that you hit that around what 120 days? So I hit it. I was out of my 100 days, and at a and I was like, "Yay, I'm on 100 days." And then at 105 days, all of a sudden, depression. It just it felt like depression or sadness, deep sadness, deep. And it was almost as if someone had just took my heart and ripped it out and was showing it to me. And, you know, I want to honestly preface this by saying, now I know what I didn't know at that time is that my brain was healing. 
So that's a beautiful thing. I mean, we're the big thaw. Like I hear this so much in in it still, you know, it, as I'm going through this, I wish I could just drink and basically numb myself and just forget. Well, no, you don't, because what happens is if when you do that, you're numbing again. So wherever you numbed, you know, you started numbing. If I started numbing at the age of probably 20, 21 years old, and that's where we leave our emotions. So you want to grow your emotional depth as an adult, and you need to go through this in order you will, like my sober coach told me, nobody dies of feeling, and you will get through this. And I, you know what, and the only thing that can got me through this was love and support. My husband stood there with a tissue box, and he didn't understand it. And it was what was happening with the with the thought was I was having feelings of the future. This marriage isn't going to last. I was having feelings of shame of the past. Look at all the shit you did. I was getting hit left and right with every emotion. It's almost as if when the brain is healing, it's also the addiction. The addict mind knows that you're it's get, getting killed off. And the addict mind is like throwing everything but the kitchen sink at it's you. It's in panic mode. <laughs> it's, it is. It's fight or flight. It's like, what the hell are you doing? You're getting rid of, it's that other personality. You're getting rid of me. You need me. You need me. You need me. Look at this. Look at that. Look at the other thing. And you're like, oh my God, you know, I, I was trying. But I, you know, that's when well, I, and you you didn't know what was going on and you had to get, you got in touch with your sober coach and she told you, Viv, you're going through the big talk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> you didn't explain that this was going to happen. And then I posted it on IES and I remember chef 56 telling me, this is a very important time in your life. And, you, and this is how I'm reading it. I just, I'm thinking this is all his voice out. This is a very important time in your life because this is where a relapse can happen. So be very vigilant about your feeling. It's okay to feel them. And that made me feel normal. And that made me know that I wasn't the only one. And then Tammy came up and she was like, again, you know, even, even, you know, people that don't have an addiction have sad days. And I, that made, made me get a gain a bigger perspective. Wow. Yeah. Dang. There's people that don't even have an addiction. And that's why so, this community is so huge. Any sober community, IAS, boom, rethink a drink, Silvertown Facebook group, whatever it is, I, there's even some more out there. Get involved with other people. So where, when you're getting sober and you're in these throws and you're in the oh, trenches, yes. people like Chef and Tammy and whoever else that you start building relationships can come up and and help you so boom you're breaking out of the big thaw where are you at now so i'm breaking out of the big thaw went through it thank god <laughs> and then learned and i callous that's the callus, the brain callus that happens um uh part of the brain callus because romanticizing alcohol is also part of the the journey you have to you will romanticize it uh like that old relationship that was very you know, destructive, uh, but you only yearn the good parts of it. It's, you know, you're in love with your captor. And I call it, it's almost like a hostage negotiation of yourself without addiction. 
So I went through that and at around, uh, you asked for the photos, so put those up. I opened up my Instagram, started recovering, posting on my feelings on there of what this had happened, uh, how alcoholism had, you know, taken away from myself and people around me, I should say in the business that, that I do mortgage lending were actually coming up and sending me messages about how do I get sober? And in particular, one stands out, one of my, so somebody that I know, she, 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 because I recovered out loud, she sent me a DM. I put her on the app and she basically went and became very active in AA in her church group. That's why I say it doesn't matter how you're going to get sober. That's so huge. That's so now huge. She, now she's celebrating nine months of sobriety. Boom, boom, boom. You know, it's so beautiful to see. So, that's so you're you're learning to give back at this point, aren't you? It's you know what? It's it's the steps, and we don't even know we're doing them, you know, and and it is it, it's giving back. So at month eleven is when you you asked me to share my recovery story. And I was like, let's do it. And because I felt that I I needed to get this all off my chest. I felt that I needed to share it and feel it and go through it to basically put it out there and put 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 this story out there so everybody knows that they're not alone. I am one of many, but the basis of addiction is it's every color of the rainbow. So if I could do my part, I was going to do it with enthusiasm and love. And... At that point, we became very good friends, Drifter, and you yes. did, you know, you started the Rewired group. Well, let's let's mention a little bit about Rewired, which is Erica Spiegelman. She so graciously let uh Sobertown use Sobertownpodcast.com use her her recovery system that she's built. There's a bunch of different yeah. principles that she uses. And it gets yes. into masks and all this other things. And she's been really gracious letting us use it in Zooms. Mondays and Fridays, we have two rewired Zooms going on at SoberTownPodcast.com. And you became one of the first hosts. I, you hosted the first two modules. So when we talk about modules, is if you, the, the, she, so she puts it in different topics, boundaries, authenticity, relationships. Even financial uh, financial sanity, time management, and so on and so forth. So there's a ton of things that have to do with healing those parts of yourself in order for you to have addiction recovery or addiction discovery. There's nothing more powerful than learning your authentic self. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where the power is at. Because we hit ourselves so long and we were told that we were um, and I speak about myself, uh, maybe too much, too, 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 whatever. But the truth is, I like myself. And in every day that I am sober is an act of self-love. So let's talk about that. This is so huge, Viv, because you were dying in Tijuana. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. Shame, guilt, remorse, self-loathing. You hated you. I right? hated myself. So here you are, 11 months or so later, and you're thriving. And I'm basically, uh, so, so 
So at that point, it was me and A-Rod and you did the first two modules and we were in the group. My husband was in the group. He was, was basically um, dipping his toe in it. And so all of us, Peanut was, and, and you know, us, so many of us were listening to you. And at the point, I think it was in module two, you were like, hey, Tim, you know, how about you host the Monday Rewired and you can take over? And I was like, oh, my God, well, I'm not a speaker. You know, I'm not. Who am I? And A-Rod quoted the book. Who are you not? Who are you not to be there? And I was like, fuck, man, you know, this is amazing. Uh, so I dove into rewired and I was looking at boundaries. That's the first topic. And, and I learned that boundaries keep us safe because boundaries are what, what do not allow us to be, um, passive aggressive with the ones that we love. It allows us to be clear with those that we love about where we stand and draw the line in order to keep us safe. So we don't relapse. So learning all of those things and in teaching each and every module, I learned that I, I wanted to be a teacher. I learned that I love interaction and seeing growth, not only in myself, but in others. My server coach at that point also had told me, this was in, in like, um, I want to say after my recovery story, she was like, Viv, you, you should become a sober coach. I feel that this is your calling. And I was like, oh, I'm not sure, you know, all I wanted to do when I first got sober was be a good wife. I wanted to be a good mother and I wanted to be the best loan officer. That was my whole goal. <laughs> what turned out to be now, you know, teaching the rewired and I had told Armin, I'm, I guess I would walk out of there with fulfillment in within me. And he was like, dang, you know, I really like, I really like what I'm seeing in you. So for Christmas, he got all the information from my sober coach and he gifted to me the recovery uh, of, you know, the, the joys of recovery, the, the module for to become a life coach, a sober coach, and to be able to be teach recovery in addiction, basically life coaching uh, in, in, in joy. And this is exactly what it is. So I was so grateful. So he gifted you with the education to become a life coach. Yeah, because he was at that point, you loved it so much. And you're raving and talking about how, you know, you love seeing these people grow. So either you're just going to be a spectator or you're actually going to cure this. Now there's no fun. He told you put up or shut up. Put up or shut up. (laughs) And you know what? And something funny. Because when I would start telling him, well, you know what? Uh, I would Spiegelman him when we would have these discussions. And he would say, you know what? If you're going to life coach me through this, you might as well get your credentials. <laughs> <laughs> right on. <laughs> you know, I just have to say, I, I just keep looking at your journey. I even said this to Erica. If you can do this, so can others, right? Absolutely. If I can do this, so can others. And we're looking at your journey where you're you're almost dying in Tijuana. You don't know which direction to go. And even right now at 18 months, you're just such a different, you've evolved so far in your sobriety. You're not that same person 
that was that was dying. You're just you're sober. I thrive. I am sober. I thrive. Yeah, and you know what the the so the story goes on from there, from the rewired zooms to now. I, I believe it's. I want to say it's January now, and I had gotten so the, rewired happened around what eleven months. Uh, it happened right after in December. I think we started. And that was the first round because the modules, they start over again. And, um, and I had, you know, in December, I had gotten gifted the, the coaching um, essentials to become, you know, the cert certified. In January, I had, A-Rod was my wingman. He was the one that lands the plane. So he did two rewires with me, two um, of the modules. And then I would, I asked him a couple of times to fill in for me uh, and he would. And then he took over the third season on Monday nights of Rewired. And it was him and old Penny Lisa as his wingman. And I was like, and that was just so fulfilling. I was like, this is what Drifter feels like. <laughs> and he starts something up. And you know you, and and you start something up, and then someone comes in and does follows in your footsteps and grows and pushes, and it's just it keeps growing and growing and growing, and this is such a beautiful thing to witness. I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things to do, is like get something going and pass it on. You know, I I learned really early on with Rewired and these Zooms, I had to get reminded to let every individual, because at first I was like, well, let's do it like this. Keep it strictly to the program. Otherwise it's not rewired. But I finally learned that, you know what? Every Zoom, whether it's rewired or a regular Zoom, is everybody's individual personality and let them do what feels comfortable. So when you gift, gift this to somebody, something that you're building to someone else, let yeah. them develop it how it fits them. Like with Peanut. Peanut has made Fridays peanuts, right? It is so friggin' cool. And then now, Armin, he's running yeah. re Rewired Monday Nights. Your husband is doing yes. the Rewired Monday Nights. And he's making it his own and putting his own stamp on it. And like I've been hearing from some others, last night was just a Monday night was an amazing Rewired Zoom. A very, It was just amazing. So I... I can say from this perspective, uh, before I heard you this morning say that, the man looked like he was gliding across the carpet because that is fulfillment, that is joy. And he was like, it was such an amazing experience because the brain doesn't know the difference between giving and receiving. It releases the same endorphins and we're just healing ourselves in so many different firing. So many. I, I think there's more in giving. I think more happens when you give. There's just something. Well, like I with Silvertown, it restores my soul. Right. Giving restores my soul, and right. I can't get that from getting. So this is something kind. Of, it's a bit important to me to to really stress this out. You stress this here. Sometimes. In my old addiction, me, I basically had um, FOMO, fear of missing out, and it it was a uh, it, I was 
in scarcity mindset. So the scarcity mindset would be how come so-and-so can have it together and I can't. And when I came into IAS, how come this person can have 500 days and I'm struggling? But what, what happens, and I really want to stress this, if we, there, it's what, we, what they call reframe. If we can reframe this thought process, and I want to really, really put this out there. If you see something possible for someone else, it is a possible for you. It, it always is. You may not even feel it at the moment, but if you see it, believe it, it's a possibility. I remember, you know, just like I said, the rewires and saying, who am I to do this? And then having A-Rod impulse me and say, who are you not to be this fifth? And then him showing up that way. And then my husband showing up that way. And then Lisa showing up that way, you know? And to well, let's let's mention Ray. Why we're mentioning? Oh my God! Here's a here's a here's a gal that wanted to turn on her camera. I am just so inspired by Ray. Right? She she would go to a Zoom. She wanted to turn on her camera. She's uh, very shy. Today she's hosting Zoom. She's involved, and it just like so many other people, she's recreating herself. Just like you're doing with you, recreating yourself. And we're not stuck with that old stuck in the rut mentality. We're out there. Hell, I'm almost 60 years old, recreating <laughs> myself. I'm and 51. I'm like, you're recreating yourself. Bring it on. Yeah. In January, it's really important because it's so in January, I had this epiphany. And I think I'm not the only one. But I thought to myself, okay, I'm January 17th. I'm a year sober. Let me go back. And let me go back to the Januaries of 2022. Let me kind of like reset the timer on IAS. And let me join that group of people. Because one, I wanted to give back. Two, I wanted to remind myself, you know, to ground myself in the journey. And at that point, I was showing up to Zooms now. Now I was showing up to Zooms. Now I felt like I... For whatever reason, I I felt like I needed to struggle alone. I had no idea why. Scarcity mindset. I was afraid. Well, of, you had been in Telegram groups too, right? Well, that's what happened when I showed up to uh, to Lady Zoom and other Zooms. I remember that's where I met Polly. She had the Lady Zooms, and in one of the breakout rooms, I met you know a couple of women and i could see that they were struggling and i could see myself in them and i reached out to polly because she said that, that she had a telegram group of women that it, it's like on the spot it's like a chat it's basically a chat you know um like a text text line chat so i hit uh, polly and i said hey polly i have got two women that are really good that would be really good that need your help on this and she was like no darling what we're going to do is we're, you're going to open up your own telegram and you're going to host all these, you know, women, because you're ready. This, you know, I'm gonna, I I was like, but Polly, what if I screw this up? She was like, you can't screw it up. Viv. You're, you know, you can't screw it up. You're showing up an intention and I'm going to help you through this. So Polly was there to hold my hand. Now I had these two group of women. It was peanut on there. It was old penny on there. It was, I mean, I had, I was pulling from different, 
I, you know, I was like on the IAS app and Ash is here. I was seeing her struggling with, with what was going on with her. I would meet people on the, the, the Zooms and I would say, okay, download the Telegram and become part of my group. And then I, you know, we were sober cheerleaders of one another. And every day I was, you know, encouraging, if you're struggling, please come on and show, you know, and post right in this Telegram, I'm struggling, I'm having a hard time right now, and I need help. Sober Gemini comes on to my group. I had met her, loved her. And to this day, each and every morning, we video ch- we video chat, you know, leave the recording. Good morning. How are you? Hey, I'm because we came, became accountability partners for exercise. And so now this group of women, I, which are about 20 of them on there, we've all become the sisterhood. One struggles, we all struggle. We all lift up. We all are there, not in um, not to say, you know, poor you, but to tell you, you can do this. Yeah. You know, we love you. You know what Polly, Polly has brought together and Karina, because Karina and Polly started all this off together because Polly started the readings and then yes. Polly started the women's telegram groups. All of this is just morphed into, I, it's just, she started all the, the, the women's, the ladies zooms. Now the women are just so powerful out there, helping each other, inspiring each other, going into the trenches to carry each other out. It's just amazing to sit back and watch. Absolutely. And you know, this is what what's really also I'm in awe of is what we talk about, which I don't believe in age. <laughs> I don't believe in age. I believe the time is man-made. That's my own thing. So in this belief, uh, if I don't hold myself accountable to age. Um, I, thought, I, I thought you were getting younger. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. I, it's just, you know what? It's effervescence from inside. That's the only thing I could think of. And, uh, and not only that, you're married to Moses. So miracles happen. <laughs> seriously, seriously. You know, and we- just so everybody knows, your husband looks like Moses. He does. He really does. He looks like Moses. He hosts the men's re- uh, the rewired and the men's group on Wednesdays that Drifter started. And this is beautiful. I have to give that shout out to uh, to you, Drifter, because in in my struggle in my marriage with him, he needed community. He was receiving, he was going into um, therapy, addiction therapy. And we had couples therapy in addiction. But what he didn't have, which I saw was what helped me, was community. And he didn't have that. In community, you heal. There's science based on this. In community, that's why connection beats addiction. So I called you up and I said, he needs community. Can you please help, Drifter? And you immediately put that telegram together. And if I don't choke up, it's because I'm like, fuck. Not because I... I'm not, you know, I'm not ashamed of crying because this is so something so powerful, but because I think I'm in so much bliss and awe of that, that is so much luminescence of, uh, in my soul that when I called you and you did that for him and now to see him in his full plenitude, he told me the other day, I've never been this happy in my whole life. Wow. That's, he's amazing. 
Yeah. And, you know, and we're part of that, right? We repair, we repair each other in our childhood, our, our childhood that our, you know, maybe our parents, because of not knowing they had, didn't have that positive reinforcement. And so they couldn't pass it on to us. Now we're in charge of taking care of our inner child. And we're friends and we giggle and we laugh and we support each other. And it, it, you know, the shit gets, might be really shitty because as I had these telegrams and we had discussed, I recently had a, a, an operation and I didn't know, I had no clue that uh, to how women or anyone, um, well, there's a postpartum depression. Well, there's a post-surgery depression that can happen. And it can't just be that, but it can be many other things, many, a death of a loved one. It, it can, it can be just life, 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 you know, life happening. I mean, it, there's so many reasons, but it threw me into depression and I came out to my telegram group and I videotaped myself and I said, I can't hold anyone up right now because I can't even hold myself up. So how far along is that? That that's how many months into sobriety is that? Cause you hit, you hit this wall. 15 months. Uh, 15 months. You hit a wall. I hit a wall through this operation. I had the operation and uh, I had, I had some complications. I had some things happen with my daughter. I, you just, had, li you had life just life. kick your ass. <laughs> And I laugh because, you know, as I'm posting this on my telegram and I'm crying and I'm like, I wanted to see everybody get to their year and I'm still here, but I can't do it right now. So this is interesting. I was only looking at it from where, where I was at at that moment, a feeling of in the depths of despair that I was not going to come out of this at that moment. So at 15 months, you can still endure trenches. Absolutely. It's life. It's life. Life doesn't life. I believe, you know what? It, it, life's going to show up and it's going to say, all right, Viv, you think you got this? Let's see. Let's see how much you got this. And when I was, I thought to myself, I can be in panic mode and I can use that mask and say, everything is perfect and do the tap dance. Or I can be authentic and just show myself broken and say, I can't uphold anyone. I can't even hold myself up right now. Armin told you something that was really cool during that time, didn't he? Oh yeah. It was, I was just bawling my eyes out and it just, everything hurt internally and, and outwardly and everything. I had stopped my studies because of the depression. I had stopped the telegram because of my depression I didn't go to Zooms because of my depression. And I was just my, you know, I was depressed because I was depressed. There's no other way. And I, and so as I'm there and I couldn't even lift my arms because of this operation, I couldn't even shower myself. I couldn't feed myself. So that added on to it. And Armin just sat me down and he held my hand and he was like, good. We don't, we don't use drugs anymore we don't gamble it away we don't drink our feelings away all we have left is to cry so cry and that's all i did and i called in my silver twin 
Luann, namaste. And I said, hey, I need help. I can't do this right now. I need help. And I have a group of women. And I know that I, you know, I'm I'm sorry to like, I'm sorry to put this on you, but I need your help right now. And she was like, I got you. I got you, girl. She jumped in there. And I was, I was not, I didn't jump out of the group. I was a spectator again. And I was just, I was seeing these women just give each other hope, love. Like it was almost as if Vivian's pulled out. So now we got to be each other's cheerleader and help each other. And, and Luann was there and, and it was just so beautiful to see. And Tammy was there again and she stepped up and, and all of everybody just, just, it was a, a, a beautiful dance of emotions that I was able to see from my depression. Like I said, it was, I was in the hole. These women were throwing me a line because then Mary Hummingbird and I, and, and so many others, but Mary stands out and Sober Gemini because they would send me direct messages and say, how are you doing? Are you okay? And it felt like an echo down a, down a hole. Are you okay? Hey, baby. and I was like, all right. You know, and I would tell them what I was going through. I, this is what's hurting. I feel this way. This has just happened. Da, 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 da. And, you know, Mary, Mary was like, you're going through a shit storm. It's a perfect trifecta, isn't it? And we would laugh. And we would laugh about it. That was getting me out of it. Because I had someone that I could bounce off. And Sober Gemini would come in and so many other women. And I can't even tell you how many women. I mean, because I had blackouts during the depression, I blacked out a lot. And I know this because Armin would tell me, well, we we did this or we saw this movie because he would try to put on funny comical movies to try to see if I, he would, and I don't remember them. It was, it, you know, it, it was serious. It was, I was going through something and I'm now I'm grateful for it because I, it got me to, you know, to show myself to other ladies on there, which thanked me for being so authentic and being, being honest with my feelings and that it's okay to be in depression and it's okay. We can be sad and we can be sober. We can be depressed and we can be sober. It doesn't mean that because this emotion feels so horrible at that time that we have to mute it again. It just means that we have to lean in harder. That's it. We just have to lean in harder and wave, you know, ride that wave of authenticity and of, of sadness and of, of I'll get, you know, I'll go get through this because those, these words I'll never forget that my sober coach told me emotions are like clouds, but we are the whole sky. So I knew that the cloud was going to move through. And I think, and I had the opportunity to uh, meet Dry Mountain Mama and Steve K. And I've been blessed to rewired a uh, podcast with them. So even in your, even as you're in the trenches, fighting through this depression, you did kind of stay connected, right? You observed yeah. the women. So this is how fate has it working. So I did Rewired with Steve K and Dry Mountain Mama and the topic was healthy relationship. The topic of healthy relationships and the other one was love. And it's it, it never failed that it works that way. So when I did love way back when with them, I 
And shortly thereafter, with Valentine's, and I had trouble in my marriage. <laughs> so I went, <laughs> all right, show me how much you love yourself. So in healthy relationships, when I, you know, then I started with the healthy relationship starts with ourselves. Then I fell into depression. I was like, you know, this, it was almost as if, okay, this is what you're saying. Now let me see how you're walking. It allowed me, and I was like, I even joked with Steve K. I was like, because he hadn't put up the podcast yet. He was on his cross-country tour. And I was like, hey, dude, are you going to put up that podcast? And he was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. My, you know, I he was visiting Dry Mountain Mama with some other people there. And I was, I was telling him, you know what? I'm actually needing my own podcast to remind me of who the fuck I am. Because I'm, you know, and it was it was insane because sometimes what comes out of our mouth and advice that we give is actually advice that's downloading within ourselves. Armin says this very kindly and eloquently. He says, for some, there's a reason why our mouth is to our ears, so we can listen to ourselves. Staying connected through all of this, eventually you started to see a light out of the trenches. So you st- you started your classes again while you were doing all this too, right? Well, when one of the things that I could see the light coming through is I thought <laughs> this song, I came in as a wrecking ball because I was like, you know what? I'm going to go on. So I'm going to sign up for as many Zooms to oh, lady Zooms to host because at that time, that's what they were asking for is who wants to host uh, Zooms? And I started seeing people that I didn't even know hosting these. Stephanie, see, see <laughs> Angel. And I was she's, like, am- she's amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. And I thought to myself, okay, what a better way for myself to get out of my comfort zone, which is what Erica Spiegelman talks about. Your comfort zone and addiction, you're just comfortable and you need to break out of it. So I thought to myself, okay, this is what I'm, if this is where I'm comfortable at, well, let me push the limit. Let me push it. So where am I going to be uncomfortable at now in order for me to be out of my depression? I signed up to host uh, Zooms. I think I signed up every, like for every Wednesday and every Friday and on a Saturdays too, to the point that I, I recently told uh, one of the ladies, I was like, shit, I'm running out of topics here <laughs> for the Zooms. I had signed up for so many. But it was, it was a form, one, to give, and the other to pull me out. It was the emotional pull-up that I did. And I started, you know, I finished off my studies, and then that's when I basically uh, finished my studies, took my test, and became a sober coach, a recovery addiction coach. Boom, and that's why we did this podcast today, was to show the evolution of your journey. From basically from the detox, right? Uh, and a little bit before, all the way through all of this, and even where you went into more depression to where you've come out of it, got back in your classes, and now you're a certified sober coach. Boom. Yeah, I'm a certified. <laughs> Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. You know, one of the things that I, I do want to say is, But so my mission statement, I wrote about my mission statement and my mission statement is that anyone that does recovery coaching or anyone that does this journey 
but, and decides to uh, attain a recovery coach is that you don't, you don't need them at the end of the, at the end of the day, my mission is that you won't need to have that sober coach. So I see my sober coach still, which is now my life coach and helping me through my business, maybe once a month. And the goal is to be able to walk on your own two feet and not need that support anymore to be, to grow, have your own growth. And my encouragement is that, you know, there are so many of us that are actually born for this. And anyone that wants to become a recovery coach, I'm like, let's have more of us out there. Let's learn about this. Let's learn about this language. Because when I look at that app and I see, you know, 20,000 people downloading, trying to get sober, I'm like, we need more people that are willing to break through that glass and teach. That's the coolest thing about seeing all of this. The beautiful thing is when people, you help them and encourage them along, and all of a sudden they're standing on their own two feet and they're walking their own road. They're creating their own sober system. Man, it's just such a beautiful place to be. (laughs) And, you know, Viv, watching you through this whole journey, I'm just honored to be here. Likewise. Likewise. And to be able to get to know you and your husband so well. And I'm hoping that soon that we can do a podcast and maybe you guys can, because you guys are a, a couple both in recovery and that's not easy. And there's no, we haven't had a couple on sober town yet. You guys are doing it. You're doing it and you're pushing through and you're finding a, a way to work with each other and let each other recover work their own program and i it, from the outside looking in is just an amazing place to <laughs> thank you but you know what uh the uh, I, honestly the honor goes to you for the example of what's possible it goes to you guys because no one told armin that he had to take over the men's telegram group or get involved with True. it or True. start restart the the silver squad wednesday zooms for men that i had stopped that somebody else had started or to get involved with the Monday night rewired and everything that you've done, you've done. It takes the action to do it. I just think it's just amazing. You've gone from death, death's door in Tijuana. And not only that, just living the life that you were living, not only are you alive and thriving and living, but you're passing it on. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, that's what we want to do is, we want to change the legacy for future future generations to come. So let's mention it. You're you're with Silvertown Facebook group. You're part of the admin in that. Yes. You're, you're still doing women's Zooms. You're still, still doing- involved with the, the women's Telegram groups. You're in other groups too. You and Mary hum- Hummingbird Appetite are going to be doing her story here real soon on a podcast. I'm so honored and excited. Yes. (laughs) Right. Right. And also you're a certified life coach where you're going to be working with people one-on-one. Yeah. Which I've already taken on clients, which is exciting to me. It's exciting because then now we're co-creating the life that they don't have to mute or escape from. And that's powerful. I'm, I'm excited to do this. 
Like I wake up at 4 a.m. with excitement. You know what the thing is with a mortgage? Thank God we have our, I I had been doing it for 20 years. But Armin, um, we, you know, we had been a team. Then we broke, I broke up the team. Then the team got back together when, you know, as his, as he became sober and we became the family unit again and we healed, we started healing. So now my book of business, he basically helps and runs. So it allows me to have the breathing room to grow in all these other aspects of the ladies zooms, of the coaching, of the studying, of everything. So, you know, I'm very fortunate. I'm very fortunate that I have him. I'm very fortunate that uh, for many years I did mortgage and I had the book of business and I, you know, my relationships with my clients were actually relationships. They weren't clients. Now these, um, it's the same thing. Somebody, it, it was uh, Beth uh, that said this to me. You were handing the keys to the homes to these people. Now you're handing the keys to the life to people. And I was like, oh, that blew me away. So I'm like, I'm just, you know, the biggest thing is the question that I asked myself with my sober coach in the beginning is how will I know when I love myself? How will I know when this hole in my heart is enough? And she said, Viv, when you're presented with two choices, and you don't do the easiest one at the moment, but the one that's going to render the best life that you want to create. That's when you know, and you'll be right when, when you look up at some point in that journey, you'll be right in the middle of the life that you've created for yourself. And that's where I'm at right now. Boom. How powerful is that? To be right in the middle of the life you created, right? I love that. That is so powerful. You yes. know, and, and we're all looking for that. Like, where do I go? What do I do? And, and now you know where you're at. You're in the life that you're creating. Yeah. And, and there's, there, it's endless, right? It's endless. And that's the whole thing is if you're lost and you don't know where to go, that's, you know, to help co-create that life. Get to IAS and start on day zero or Silvertown Facebook group. Get involved with the community. Start posting. Start commenting. Start getting Come involved. To Zooms. Come to Zooms. Come to Zooms. Connection. That's game changer. Viv, when I'm able to reach back and pull somebody out of the trenches that I was in and then look back and see them reach down and pull somebody out of the trenches they were in, it just keeps giving. It's giving and giving. So this is a beautiful, beautiful transformation. I'm I'm very fortunate. I just, you know, there's so many facets of it and, and learning about this and my life, yeah, I feel a lot of fulfillment in it. You know, I you're in the middle of your life that you're creating. That's so yeah. that's so powerful. And, and it's not, you know what? And and this is the other thing, it's not perfect. It's not perfect at no. all. But I'm happy. I'm happy. I'm happy to be in in where I'm at right now. I will never be perfect. I will that is the human experience when we're able to accept imperfection in our life and still be happy and hold to it. Well, it's what it does, Viv. It gets you through those moments where you hit that wall at 15 months. Yeah. And it wasn't just a, a day or a week. It took it took like what a good month, month and a half. A month and a half. Yeah. It was yeah, it was a month and a half. And it was a month and a half that I called you. I called Polly and I called uh, you know, so many people, so many other people to help me help 
help. I need help right now. And sometimes that's just how it is. Cause I went through uh, probably six or seven weeks myself recently. We just have to push through. Just don't drink. The sun will rise on the other side. What I don't care how deep that valley is. Embrace the imperfect life and know that you, like you said it perfectly, the sun will rise again. Erica Spiegelman, again, she says what we go through, um, the depression, if I had drank, drink, it would have lasted instead of a month and a half, it could have been years. But because I went through it sober, you know, and I had the counsel of my peers and still I could reach out to my sober coach in a pinch, I was able to come out of it, you know, and um, slingshot into hosting the lady Zooms and giving back. It's just a beautiful thing, man. And to have my husband be there for me when I really needed it to shower me, to feed me, to, you know, relearn to be, to, to be okay with being not okay. To let you just cry. To let me just cry. To let me just cry. Be Viv, thank you so much. And remember everybody, SilvertownPodcast.com, Silvertown Facebook group, the IAS group, Boom Rethink. The Drink is another community. And This Naked Mind has a community too. And also Jay is on YouTube, this amazing guy, Jay, right? Getting sober dot, dot, dot again on YouTube. There's so mm-hmm. many resources out there. We have all these resources on SilvertownPodcast.com. So come visit us there and boom. Let's get sober. Let's jump on that sober train and ride.